According to Nietzsche, there are two different types of people in the world. Those who want to know, and those who want to believe. You have arrived at the crossroads of mind and matter. The Midnight Academy with Dr. Heather Lin. Thomas Lee is a longtime business journalist who has written extensively about innovation and entrepreneurship for major daily newspapers like the San Francisco Chronicle, the Star Tribune in Minneapolis, and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. In 2013, he won the Gerald M. Loeb Award for Distinguished Business and Financial Journalism, the top honor for business journalists. Lee is the author of Rebuilding Empires and also served as editorial director and lead curator for the We Are Bruce Lee exhibit at the Chinese Historical Society of America Museum in San Francisco's Chinatown. He is here at the Midnight Academy to discuss his new book, The Bruce Lee Code. As the clock strikes midnight, our school bell tolls. Class at the Midnight Academy is now in session. To reschedule a few times, and it was such a disappointment because I really wanted to talk to you about this book. This is such a, a really cool concept. What in the world got you thinking about Bruce Lee in relationship to entrepreneurialism? Because that's not generally what people have in mind when they think of Bruce Lee, which is why I think this is an excellent book. Well, thank you for asking that question because that really goes to the heart of what I'm trying to do. So I guess to make a really long story, somewhat manageable, <laughs> it all came to the uh, pandemic and I got involved in um, kind of developing a new uh, Bruce Lee exhibit for San Francisco Chinatown. And it was at the Chinese Historical Society of America Museum in Chinatown. And the thing is that Bruce Lee was, uh, you know, also he's very famous but people keep forgetting that he was actually born in San Francisco in Chinatown in um, 1940. So the idea was, well, we should, we should do finally do something to honor him. Right. I mean, he has a statue like in Bosnia, but he doesn't have a statue in uh, San Francisco, you know, so that just seemed kind of odd. But then when we developed the exhibit, we, we, it was called we are Bruce Lee. And we wanted to, and this kind of goes to the heart of the book too, want to do something different. Right. Uh, I, I feel like most museum exhibits are they're conservative in the sense that they they do the same things like they show a chronological order of, you know, he was born 1940, did this, this, this. Right. So we wanted to do a more thematic exhibit, kind of focus more on impact than the actual details of his life, which have been poured over, over and over. So we created four personas for Bruce Lee it was the visionary, the uh, unifier the thinker and the um, the athlete. And it was from the visionary, that's what kind of gave birth to the book because the visionary was about his career essentially. And I suddenly realized that as I was working on the exhibit that um, although he probably wouldn't call himself a businessman, but a lot of things that he did and a lot of the qualities he had are qualities that we admire in entrepreneurs people like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. And that kind of inspired me to write the book. And it was about taking something, you know, relatively familiar that everyone knew about and reframing it for a new audience. So you can get new insights to the man. And he did a lot of entrepreneurial things. You know, he started his own production company called Conquer Productions. You know, this was back in the early 1970s where actors starting their own production companies were not as common as they are today you know he started his own martial arts school he developed his own 
martial arts brand or philosophy called Jeet Kune Do. And he was uh, always very cautious about his uh, brand as well, right? He really wanted to, um, I mean, I'll try to give you an example, like the movies, The Way of the Dragon, Enter the Dragon, uh, which are two of his most well-known movies. The Dragon refers to him, that's his nickname. So when you think about it, it has nothing to do with the movie itself, you know? It's like the equivalent of today, people, it'd be like George Clooney saying, George Clooney movie, you know, and- <laughs> like, a self, uh, like a self-titled album. Yeah. Like, yeah. George Clooney's, uh, you know, uh, a grand adventure, <laughs> you know, sounds <laughs> like silly, right? But like, mm -hmm. but that, but he, he really wanted to create something that was enduring. And in terms of the qualities that I mentioned that he has, that we prize entrepreneurs, is uh, adaptation, you know, resilience, um, an eye for marketing and branding, innovation. And what I and the and the cool thing about it is, and I'm sorry if I'm skipping ahead of you, but oh, no. the 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 innovation is that I compare him a lot to Steve Jobs in the sense that and I know everyone does, you know, so I don't take this lightly. It's kind of it can be kind of trite, and it, yeah. but um, Steve Jobs, he didn't really create anything. He wasn't really an engineer, right? He didn't invent the computer. He didn't invent MP3 players. He didn't invent you know, even the tablet or, or, or the smartphone, these, there was prototypes out there. But what he did do was kind of take the best ideas, recombine them, made them more, like he simplified it, made them clean and applied it to a, you know, to a new audience. So the sum of his parts, you know, was, became greater, you know? And that's what Bruce Lee did. Like he was a very curious guy and he, what he would do was like, he was also reading books and asking like workshopping ideas. He would jot notes down, call people up, right? And what he did with the cinema, and this is where it kind of, it's very Jobsian, was he combined the best of East and West. He combined the kinetic, exciting martial arts movies that were happening in Hong Kong during that time. But he combined that, but they didn't really have any story, right? They were just mm -hmm. people fighting. What the heck, right? That's exciting, right? But then he combined that with the focus on storytelling and prestige sort of filmmaking that was prevalent in Hollywood at the time, right? And what you had was the result was a martial arts movie that transcended the genre. You know, it became a very like prestige, high quality martial arts movie, something like Enter the Dragon, which is a classic now. And without Enter the Dragon, we wouldn't have things like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, the Matrix, you know, um, Hill Bill, uh, you see uh, John Wick, you know, those movies aren't just about people what the fighting says about the character, you know, they dive into huge issues of like mortality, violence, um, you know, and uh, just general kind of broader questions about life, right? So, um, so that's what you got brought to the table, this curiosity, this innovative, I'm going to pick what works for me and combine something that will be something new that no one has ever seen before. Um, and I also like to point out too, in terms of like the branding part, right? Uh, he, he, no one knew who he was in the 1960s when he first came and he did not have the benefit. And I think this is a, a really strong point. You don't have the benefit of social media, you know, like today, right. everybody could be famous just for a TikTok page, right? Just right. like, hey, look at 
he did everything on his own. <laughs> you know, he he worked within what we what the tools that he had back in you know the late sixties and early seventies. So um, that's a very long answer to your no, first no. question. No, but it's a great answer, and I was particularly uh, struck by the the Jobsian sort of angle on it because it, while it could sound trite, it totally makes sense because of the the innovative sort of uh, approach that Bruce Lee took, taking something that would be ancient, considered you know martial arts, and and innovating it, adding finding what worked, what didn't, enhancing it, making it better, finding his own style and creating his own style and, uh, you know, building an entire brand and creating a genre and, and doing so many things, but using what is essentially an ancient art. And so, I mean, innovation, absolutely. I could see, I could see that for sure. Um, how, how much did, uh, you said he, he was interested in having like sort of a, a East and West kind of merging or meeting, um, was mm-hmm. and I know that he was very interested in philosophy. Uh, did, mm-hmm. Was he interested also in, say, Western philosophy as well as Eastern? And did those sort of combine, or did he have a preference for yes, one or the other? It, he read. Uh, he was inspired by uh, Descartes, Plato, mm-hmm. um, Carl Jung, Freud, mm-hmm. um, and and that was the interesting thing about it is that like he didn't just because he exposed himself to it didn't mean that he always bought everything that he read or he heard he just he evaluated it and like i said he he took what worked for him right so and what i think is uh is important to take a deep dive into his philosophy right because for sometimes i think people can get lost in his words but don't they sound like they mean something but not quite can't articulate it you know, English is a second language, so his writing can be a little bit like hard to read sometimes, right? But what he was was he was a very, very devout humanist. You know, he believed in sincerely believed in the for the the it's almost like a responsibility that each of us had to fulfill our own potential, no matter what that meant. You know, and and what I think is fascinating is that I actually has you know he died actually. Uh, 50 years ago on uh, last Thursday, actually. Mm-hmm. And I I wrote this kind of piece of sort of like op-ed, like would Bruce Lee have supported affirmative action? Of course, there's just there's no way I could really, you know, answer that. But but what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that he, he hated blind allegiance to patterns. He hated, he really didn't like the word tradition. He felt like the word tradition was just a concept humans have used to reinforce very negative, harmful behaviors over the years, such as racism, uh, you know, uh, oppression, you know, um, sexism, and all that. Right. So he was all about what he talked about as uh, breaking the vicious cycle. Right. Like just keep on doing things for the sake of doing them, doing things. He hated that. Right. And he talked about reforming the formula you know so he was all about progress you know yeah. and he that tradition like especially in my, by tradition we mean like historical institutions of power such as like religion or even martial arts like he wasn't actually a big fan of the whole martial arts hierarchy like with these schools right yeah mm. like the sensei and right. like he, he was very he wanted everyone to learn he taught kung fu to anyone who wanted to learn, which pissed off Chinese conservatives who thought Kung Fu was like a secret thing that only Chinese people should learn, right? But he did not like this hierarchy and he 
wanted to, you can say really wanted to to marketize, you know, martial arts, you know. So so I think that those are the aspects of this philosophy that don't really get appreciated or not really fully understood, you know. So yeah, no, I I agree because those are things I actually didn't know either. I mean, it's easy to just consider, especially people who are maybe younger. He has this clear, clearly a mythos about him. He is, uh, you know, known as a great martial artist, but also a celebrity. And, you know, he, he was very young when he died too. So he didn't have a long, you know, resume built up. And so a lot of people just say, well, what's it, we know Bruce Lee, the archetype, he's become like an archetype almost and you know, um, really, strong branding really right. for sure. You're really right on point. And I really appreciate your, your, your insight. He died young. At 32. What happens when we have someone who dies so young before their time? They become myth, right? Mm-hmm. And so he becomes whatever people want him to be. And this yeah. kind of goes to the heart of the book, right? Is that why is it that people continue to love him, right? And what I'm yeah. trying to do is perhaps, perhaps provide the meat, perhaps provide the vocabulary and the information and the interpretation that people can use because I think without that you you're just this blind hero worship and you don't you can't really apply it to your life you know ask anyone like I tell you when I wrote this book like I get a lot of Bruce Lee fans and it, it kind of scares me sometimes man like they just like they have posters and they're oh, like yeah. oh he's amazing and I'm yeah. like well why was he amazing it has to be more than just mm. that he could kick you grass you know what I mean it's like there's like you said there's this mythos around them right and that's what I'm trying to do it's like I think it's time that because we keep repeating the same stories over over it's less about what specifically did in life and it should be more about as we get older and there's a new generation of people what does he mean to us right what is the the, uh, application to especially to today's events you know I mean it's like he's and like you just said, he seems frozen in time sometimes, I think. You know I, I mean? think so. No, that, that's very well said. I think he does seem frozen in time. And I think it, you know, it, it reminds me of Greek hero worship where they tried to attain Cleos through cults being devoted to the yeah. uh, memory of that hero. And they would uh, be charged with singing songs, you know, epic poetry and having festivals. And it was all to exalt this this individual as a, as a hero. Uh, but along the way, uh, who was this person uh, uh, as a humanist, as a human being, you know, there's more to a person than just like reaching like a godlike status or some sort of apotheosis he, or Cleos. Like I said, he's a humanist. He's a, right. He, right. <laughs> so it, he probably it, wouldn't it, appreciate being exalted yeah. as a demigod. <laughs> yeah. Like if you go to, you know, he's buried in Seattle. Right. I don't know a lot of people know that, no, right? I but I didn't even know. I didn't know that. Seattle. He's very next to the man who also died in a tragic accident on the movie set, right? And people there, they, they leave like, okay, I get it, leaving the flowers, but they put candles and like books and like statues. <laughs> it's like the dude was human, okay? Like he, he didn't worship him. He wanted to be an example, to be an inspiration. For you to become whatever you're supposed to be you know what i mean and and that's what i've been kind of so it's like banging my head against the wall here and and it's and i found that it's a process obviously people you know it's comfortable to mm. see some certain way and just to kind of worship you mm. know them 
because they're they feel like they're greater than yourself you know okay not to get too off point but like you need to look at jesus christ i'm not saying bruce lee's jesus christ right but like <laughs> we can talk about hero worship <laughs> right but the guy has a whole story though right yeah. he said a lot of things he did a lot of things mm-hmm. right by the way they died around the same age but coincidence i don't think so but uh <laughs> 33 i think right so yeah. um but it's like you have to put some thought into it right mm-hmm. it just that's what i'm trying to do right you can't just say oh he's just this you know you know this godlike figure you know i think he would want you to to put in the work man because mm-hmm. he was a hard worker. he was a disciplined hard worker you know and a teacher and, and teacher right he was a patient teacher and i think he would think that it was just be lazy just to yeah. like not do the work you know to, wow. to just block worship them yeah that's a really good point and 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 thankfully that you you've been able to put all of this together and offer another dimension to him in his life and you know I was I I think it could go without saying that his presence his brand his story everything about him not only paved the way for many different people to come after him um, but I'm sure it it had a huge influence on uh, the Chinese Americans and the way Chinese were looked at. I mean, before, I mean, like in Hollywood, especially depictions of Chinese people were just really off. Like, I mean, really terrible and uh, very racist and uh, degrading. But I wonder too, has, did his influence not only have a positive impact, but did it do any harm as well, giving sort of like a, Oh, like a typecast sort of thing where, you know, or, or is it, is it a double-edged sword? You're, 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 you're asking excellent questions here. This is really good. Right. And I appreciate it. You're absolutely right. There is a downside to it. Is that Asian, uh, not beyond Chinese Americans. I know it's kind of hard to do like a broad based Asian Americans because there's so many different types of Asian right. Americans, but for the most, uh, yeah, I mean, all martial arts, movies right i mean even mm-hmm. the movie like that one best uh picture and best actress from michelle yo everything everywhere all at once oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. it was a martial arts element and i always would tell people i like to see asian americans transcend the martial arts genre but when you think about it it's, it hasn't been that much success but the thing that comes to mind is things like crazy rich asians which has nothing to do with martial arts but was a big right. box off and that's why that was important as a movie you know i don't know if you like to see a lot of movies it was okay it was pretty much like what you expect for a rom-com but what made it like interesting but it was asian americans it didn't have anything to do with martial arts right and mm-hmm. uh and fresh off the boat on you know yeah. television uh, but we're seeing more of that on Netflix. You know, there's like, um, you know, I from Ali Wong to Ra- Randall Park, right? But for the most part, the big box office hits and the stardom comes to Asian Asians uh, through martial arts. And that is somewhat distressing to me because it's like, like you said, it's a, it's a typecast thing, right? And, and I would personally like to see, wonder if Bruce Lee if he had still lived, would have been able to transcend the martial arts genre, right? Wow. Could you imagine yeah. Lee in a room? Did you know he was a champion ballroom dancer? <laughs> he was really good at the, he was really wow. good at the cha-cha. Could he okay. have been like 
of Asian American Fred Astaire in a musical, perhaps. Maybe. You know what I mean? And but I think it's important to know that yes, like he found they found success and he paved the way for other people. But at the same time, we're we're still caught in that sort of like that that genre, right? I talked to Olivia Chang, who who plays uh, a, a big role in Warrior on HBO Max, right? And she told me that um, she tends to get cast in these kind of exotic, mm. you know, Asian woman roles. In fact, she plays uh, you know brothel madame and Warrior, right? But she says, you know, what she wants, she wants to do a gross out uh romantic comedy you know like the 40 year old virgin or right. train wreck told me amy schumer but she's like where's my train wreck right and you'll find that the asian americans who have been able to really uh, explore like drama and comedy you know nothing has to do with martial arts they have to do it they tend to write it direct it <laughs> produce yeah. it but for the part they're shut out of those roles by institutional Hollywood. But I want to also leave you with this point on this, this line of thinking. Um, let's talk about heroes, right? Other than Bruce Lee, who has been the hero for Asian Americans? Now, you could say Jackie Chan, but he's not American, though, right? In fact, you know what's right. funny? They actually did, uh, I think, Pew did like a survey about who's, who's the most famous Asian American, and people said Jackie Chan right and but he's not he's not american though right so though so like we don't have the asian american community doesn't have heroes like we have one but it's like the morgan there's certainly accomplished asian americans jeremy lynn randall park like i said right but for the most part they they haven't reached that level of of, of being like a role model sort of in the mold of bruce lee right i think that's mm -hmm. the problem that we're kind of stuck in this loop like i said we're like kind of frozen in time, right? And, but you look at the African-American community, they have plenty that have transcended over the years. Muhammad Ali, MLK, you know, Malcolm X back in the day, but like in today, you know, they have, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people like Tupac and um, Beyonce, you know, just a lot of kind of pop culture figures that have kind of, establish themselves as like role models or leaders in their community i can't say the same thing for asian americans it's just that we're it's bruce lee and we're still stuck on bruce lee so yeah wow that's those are really great points and uh when you when you sort of ask that question it, it does get me to stop and think and unfortunately yeah my mind goes right to bruce lee i was like so he's very you know um funny? iconic as a result of that but it's almost you can be too iconic and in, in some ways and become that hero uh and and you know somebody that is now exalted almost to a godlike status but then that can become you know unreachable and and a a uh what is that thing that weighs you down right it can be yeah. uh that uh there's a word i'm looking for um anchor no that's not the word but you know something that kind of, kind of holds you down right yeah so it's sort of like so in some ways, I, you know, I, I, I'm ambivalent in many ways about Bruce Lee. Like I am an admirer of him. So that's why I did the book, right? But then when I look at the hero worship and just the lack of people to fill the, that role that he yeah. established 
it makes me someone ambivalent about it. And then when people start just like, especially in their 50th anniversary, they just say the same things about him, right? And I think it's time for a more thoughtful discourse on the guy that will hopefully we move past what he specifically did and how he can help us move forward instead of this blind, you know, hero worship. So, so given his, uh, you know, a short life relative and uh, given the heavy emphasis on his work, was it difficult for you in researching the book to to find more meat to put on um, the pages there? Something that, you know, that that went a little more into his, his background or his thoughts? I mean, how, how was that process? It was hard because his life has been picked over, right? So, I mean, I'll give you, like, I'll let you know what the publishing world was like. The only reason why I sold the book was because it was unique. You know how many books that cover Bruce Lee, right, in terms of biography? <laughs> martial arts or like his philosophies or you know and mm -hmm. it was that's why i was able to sell the project because it was a unique take on it but it, it being unique there's the problem because there's not a lot of material out there do you think you think he wrote that bruce lee right why i am an entrepreneur <laughs> god i wish he did <laughs> it would have been a lot easier for me so what i was doing that's what i mean about hard work was not necessarily finding the information, but it was reframing mm. the information that worked, that, that felt honest and it made sense and also was clear, right? And also it required a, a lot of interpretation, you know, and uh, especially on my part, but I felt like, and, you know, at first I was kind of weird. I was like, who am I to, to do that? But, you know, I've been a business journalist for over 20 years, you know, and I think I like, I learned a few things, you know? So I think that's the point, right? It was trying to like, one good thing about the the book, and you read it obviously, was that I found four entrepreneurs, right? So the book mm -hmm. is has chapters, but it's interlaced with these kind of oral histories from these four entrepreneurs who talk specifically why Bruce Lee means so much to them, how it inspired them. I think that also helps too, right? I think that yeah. was a interesting part of the book. And one was like a head of a huge private equity firm, another founded like duo security you know two-factor authentication right that that's so that particularly compelling i really enjoyed that one that um but you did hit uh, on innovation right mm -hmm. he was the name is doug song right and he put a lot of thought into specifically applying bruce lee to very to his business everyone else was a little more generic right yeah. but like he really said well bruce lee said this and i thought oh my god i could this is like this, this is my business. So I'm going to do this. I was like, oh God, I love you, Doug. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because the the other three, I felt like, I, I felt like it made them think, right? I pressed mm -hmm. them, right? I didn't want the same, oh, oh yeah, well, I saw him, you know, when it was a Saturday morning. There are not a lot of people that look like me. It was him. And then, but it's like, but like, you got to connect that stuff, right? Bruce Lee wanted to connect, you to connect that stuff to your, to your, you know, yes, your personal life but like, how did it make you a better entrepreneur? Like, how did it make you a better business person? And I think in the course of those conversations that I think it made them, you know, those people that I was interviewing, and then made them think a little bit more about why Bruce Lee was so meaningful to them, you know, mm -hmm. so. No, it was very well done. And uh, I think the addition of the entrepreneurs in there were, well, it just made it, it, it was excellent. And uh, what do you think though? It, you you do have a, the background to do this, you know your your background in uh, journalism and, and is is great. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take that away from you at all. I th I think you definitely were the person to write this, especially because the way that you're as you say ambivalent about it, you're coming at this from a more um, 
not a sycophantic sort of approach. And so I think that gives you um, a lot more clarity in, in how you approach the project. So, but if you could, what, what, you know, I, I guess I've said innovation a lot because that one, like I said, that one really innovated, um, it really resonated with me given uh, the, his, Bruce Lee's background and interest and then what he was able to do and accomplish, especially during that time period. And especially as somebody who's say like English wasn't his first language, you know, even though he was American, you know, I know he, he um, was born in America, but then he moved back to Hong Kong. So, you know, he did have some challenges and had that life that was um, like a lived experience of an immigrant family, even though he was a citizen. So, given given all of his background and all of these different ways, and of course I said innovation, um, what would you say would be the primary thing that a business owner, say a small business owner, not somebody who's you know in a private equity or, or whatever, but just the average small business owner, um, what do you think that they could learn about Bruce Lee's approach to life and business? What is the one thing, if you had to, if you had to zero it down to one thing, what, what would be the takeaway for a small business owner? Uh, excellent question. I think um, I'm going to say this, um, and I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a quality that's not appreciated as, as much as should be, his tremendous sense of curiosity. And mm-hmm. I think that to everyone, not just small business people, but is that, do you know, there are studies that have been done, I can't cite off the top of my head what they are, right? But that shows that like, there's one study I mentioned a book that of all the Nobel Prize winners, they had something in common. They weren't just like scientists or mathematicians. They were also artists. <laughs> they were painters. I mean, Bruce Lee was a Renaissance guy, a champion yeah. ballroom dancer, right? A philosopher. You know, he, that, you know, he tried to come up with his own protein shakes so he could oh, like, wow. fit his own body when he's trying to work out and he, as a nutritionist, he's constantly experimenting. And I think the important thing is, and I think everyone should, everyone who's ever been on LinkedIn should know this, right? Is that <laughs> the habit of only like doing this stuff when it, when we need to do it, right? Like when your job, right? You only mm-hmm. look for a job, you need to look for a job, right? And, or you only network, like I am networking with you because I need something right. from you, right? But the most, the best stuff though, is not that, that's sports, it's organic. You should mm-hmm. You should do it because you want to do it because you want to learn, not because you're going to necessarily get something out of it, like apply something out of it, right? You should just naturally be curious and you'll be surprised about what will come your way if you open yourself up to people and ideas and you constantly read. And and like, and like and, and I try to apply Bruce Lee to this kind of current economy. We live in a very hustle economy. You know, people, people have their own jobs, but they also have side hustles. It used to be called like hobbies, but like there's they're literally like side hustles. They're li- like real businesses. Like, look at me. You, you think I write books full time? No, I mean, or I curate museum exhibits. Like, no, I, <laughs> I, I have a day, right? But like, but I also dabble in all that stuff. I'm also into theater, you know, I, I read about history. You know? So I think uh, my answer might disappoint people who are looking for maybe a more specific thing in their small business. But I think in no, general- Pretty great. That's a great answer. I think you got to be curious, right? And you'll just never know what's going to happen. And I think that's the, uh, I don't share anything in common with Bruce Lee, except, you know, his last name, of course, but also, uh, it's definitely not his body. I'll tell you that much, but uh, it's, it's the idea of 
being curious and being open to possibility. You know, you got to be open. He was quite an open guy, you know, and that's probably the one thing I can say that we would have in common, him and me, you know, so. Oh, that's a, that's that's a really great answer that you say he was a renaissance man you know very creative very artistic a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or small business owners or large business owners it it does take that level of openness and and openness to new ideas innovation uh creativity and so you know i think that's important because you know I, years ago before i went back to school and and took this route that i i do now um I had a, a small business. I had a branding company, a marketing and design firm. And so I, I worked with a lot of people on branding and all of their ideas. And something that you said really hit home for me. Uh, it was about how, you know, people are looking to network when they need it or try to find a job when they need it. What was likewise my experience that a company, when they were suffering, that's when they sought out help in, with my company because they wanted to do marketing campaigns and raise awareness. And it's like, you should have been doing that before and then, you know, to build yourself yeah. up, but they would hit this panic mode. Like now we have to do marketing. It's like, you should have been doing the marketing before. And then it yeah, does I, come across yeah, as inauthentic. Yeah, you're totally right. It, it, I, I've covered companies for a long time, now, <laughs> right? And it's very like quarter to uh, quarter to quarter. And sorry, so there, yep, um, mm -hmm. sorry, quarter. But uh, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that you're doing this podcast is pretty, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's exhibit A, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, people think about what people are doing. Like everyone LinkedIn now is a thought leader. It's like right. content, right? You're doing podcasts, you're doing blogs. That's exactly what I'm talking about here, right? And mm -hmm. um, oh, by the way, Bruce Lee also think, made his own jewelry. I think he dabbled in music too. So, oh, um, wow. Yeah. Is he, so he's so cool. He, he's way cooler than just, you know, a martial artist. That's what I mean. Like we, when I say, why do you like him? And you say he's cool, but why is he cool? Right. And then that's what the book is supposed to do. Right. It's because he did all these things. So, I mean, I mean, getting back to the cool thing. Right. Another, like people just say, why do you like him? Cause he just is a cool guy. I think also cool means that he was a doer. Right. Yeah. He had that extra actor he had the huspa you know if that's what you want to call it but he wasn't just a talker i think people really admire him or drawn to him because he made things happen he made shit happen i don't know if i could swear your you podcast, can say whatever the fuck whatever. you want <laughs> all shit happened okay. right. you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, it takes that a certain type of person who can will something into reality right mm -hmm. and I also wanted to do that. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I want to make sure that I get this in it comes to the Steve Jobs. So I told you about how he likes to like, you know, he he rearranges things, like he picks things, combines them. But mm -hmm. what he also shared a lot with Steve Jobs, this is this very focus on simplicity and clarity, right? Like and Steve Jobs yeah. will tell the story his products, the engineers are like, oh, you gotta add all these features, you know. <laughs> and he would junk it up and like they're doing it for you know themselves but what what would the customer want so part of the steve jobs innovation innovation doesn't mean mean more sometimes innovation means less mm, you know what i mean and he was able to these products are clean easy to use slick bruce lee was the same way he hate like and he was a he wasn't a fan of martial arts in terms of like all the showboating stuff mm -hmm. uh, you know the competition he's like martial arts is used for self-defense right and so how does me do like these triple flips in the air and like 
So like, it's going to defend yourself. He said, it's not practical. So he simplified it, right? So it's like, he believed in efficient use of energy. Why do three kicks and a flip and a twisting whatever that is when I could just like hit you in the throat and then right. run away? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know? so I, I, I 100% like, I'm on board with that. I, uh, I so, started doing Krav Maga for that very reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool, yeah. But see, but you see what I mean? Like, I think we tend to look at innovation the wrong way. We think more mm-hmm. is more. Right. No, but innovation can be the exact opposite. Simplicity does not mean dumb. In fact, you know how much innovation and and experience and expertise and hard work goes into making things simple. You know, oh, a lot and <laughs> so much. Uh, a lot. I mean, take a, a writer, for instance. Oh, yeah. I mean, all two. People will say that my books or my writing reads fast. You know, it, it reads like it's, I, I try to simplify, right? The, mm-hmm. It flows and it is, it's very economical. My books are short too, so they're like, but that, the, be able to write clearly and succinctly and it, it feel like it moves fast, that comes from a lot of hard work. You know, that comes from experience and 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 skill and you know, to be able to write cleanly and, and simply and, and succinctly, you know what I mean? So sometimes the things that require the most work doesn't, that looks completely effortless. That's the That's irony so of true. it. That's very true. I, I find that I teach a, a community college level students. And so trying to condense in humanities, so trying to condense a broad range of information down to, you know, just an intro class that they would be able to understand at this broad range. It's just, you know, it, it, it's not easy writing books. Obviously that's a difficult one. So uh, yeah, I, I, trimming things down is sometimes a lot more uh, of a challenge than just adding more things, adding more stuff, you know? And so I definitely agree with that assessment. Well, yeah. Well, just think about like, like, you know, mental health or psychology, like the, what, what do you think, you know, being present really means like mindfulness, right? right? eliminate all that junk that's in your mind and only focus on the here and now that's the same concept right but guess what it's really hard to do that <laughs> it's so sure I, is. I, I had to meditate once and all i could hear was my my uh, like all these different things i was thinking about and i was yeah. like well, really hard to do that you know it see is, what it i mean is it is hard to quiet the mind I mean, like that I think I can take one more question because I think my phone's going to die soon. So, okay. That's, that sounds great. Thanks for letting me know. Um, so yeah, I, you know what, I will just, let me look at the time. Like I said, we'll edit all this. This will, this will, this will probably end up being a, how much time's on your phone right now? Yeah. Like 19%. And okay, I, we're good. then we'll wrap this up because then we have like 15 minutes. It'll, it'll be perfect. Um, and we'll have like pretty much an hour and that'll be, that'll be great. Especially once I put all the additional front end material and stuff. So perfect. Um, so, uh, I just kind of want to point out the, to go back to what you were saying about him being a Renaissance man. Uh, I, I love that comparison. And I think it's so important now, especially if you're giving business advice, I think we live in a climate of hyper-specialization. And on one hand, it's, yeah. it's you know, important to kind of find a niche in, in some regard, but you know, with AI and the challenges and opportunities that are coming with that, uh, I think that it's going to be more important than ever before for people to take a more humanist approach and to kind of have uh, not necessarily hyper-specialization in the same way. So I think that Bruce Lee might be a very surprising, maybe to some people surprising 
uh, inspiration or teacher for that uh, more contemporary lesson. I mean, he going from taking ancient art forms, martial arts and, and philosophy, and then innovating and transforming that into something new and fresh and then creating a whole different brand and experience and, you know, doing something like that. I think that even though he may be gone physically, his spirit's still here. And we, thanks to, you know, your work um, and the museum as well, and all of the, you know, different angles that can, he can be appreciated through. I think that uh, there's an opportunity here for people to leverage his wisdom and his insight and that innovation still um, in a new way, because I think that there's a lot of challenges, like I said, and you would know definitely about the challenges of AI. So, you know, that's something I kind of want to ask, you know, given your background as a uh, business journalist, you know, what do you think that uh, Bruce Lee could teach us about business and entrepreneurship and uh, branding and any of those things in this future, maybe post-human world uh, with AI? I think it's about, um, it's about looking at the big picture. He always looked at the big picture. Sometimes you get lost in the details. And trust me, AI, I feel like it threatens me because I'm like, man, I'll be out of a job if, you know, they could write shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so, but I also say this, you know, I, I think that this is also what I share with Bruce Lee in addition to the last name and the, the curiosity. It's the ability to look at the big picture. Throughout history, there's always been an introduction of a new technology that's completely disrupted the economy and eliminated uh, like a lot of industry jobs, but then also created new ones too. And I don't think this is any different. I know we have a habit of humans to think that everything that happens to us right now is unique and it's the most important time or the world. But imagine how people fell back in like the you know 18th century where they were you know they were sewing garments and all suddenly these machines started coming on that like started turning all that thread into clothing, right? Or yeah. the horseless carriage or the um, you know the the internet, for, yeah. you know. So what I would say is it's less about the details about like, oh, what specifically is going on? And it's about the big picture. And and this is actually a good last question because Bruce Lee's famous quote is be water, my friend, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of heard that, but what is water? Water is formless, shapeless. It takes the shape of whatever it touches. It's eternal. It flows, it crashes, it 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 rains still, but it's always there. And it and the fact that it takes the shape of whatever it touches, that's an important lesson to learn. That's the idea of resilience and adaptability. You know, adapt did I say that right? Yeah, I guess I did. And um, so whenever everyone gets kind of anxious or it's actually kind of a common thing when you think about it. Just close your eyes and think of water, you know? Yeah. You know, think about flowing through the I don't know, flowing through your life, flowing through the course of history. You're part of something bigger than yourself, right? And the idea is that how do you how do you make yourself a part of that, etch yourself a part of that, you know? That's what water does, you know? And it's, uh, it's like I said, it's peaceful and eternal and forever adapting. You can boil water, but it never disappears, right? It comes back in condensation, rain. You know, and it's this is a perfect metaphor, but also just think about what it means too. It's like, so we all get caught up in, I get it, in our daily lives and loud, crazy people on social media. What's AI going to kill us? 
right? But uh, frankly, I worry more about the atomic bomb than I really do about AI, you know, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Oppenheimer and all that, right? So right. there's plenty to be other than AI, I'm saying. But, yeah. but, but, you know, as humans, we, like I said, we have a hard time like focusing on the big picture. We think everything is special and unique to us at any, at our particular given moment. But Bruce Lee was blessed with this incredible idea of vision and the big picture, right? And mm-hmm. then, and to adapt to all the changes that came this way, he just thought about water, you know? So that's beautiful. So focus on the big picture, stay curious, stay human, and go with the flow. Go with the flow to go with the flow. water. To- whatever it touches i love that phrase you know so great thank you so much thomas this has been a really enlightening conversation and i would encourage everybody to read this book it is not just a book about bruce lee it is not if you if you are not interested in martial arts great this is all the better book for you if you are interested in martial arts great this is a great book for you this is a book that i think everybody needs to read because it's not about a movie star or a martial artist it's about a great human So thank you very much, Thomas, for being on the show today. I look forward to having you back. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, before we go, I will have links, uh, you know, to the book and your information up for everybody. But if you want to uh, let everybody know where they can find you. I want to say this is probably the best interview I've had in terms of um, plugging the book. You really did your homework. Very thoughtful (laughs) questions. You understand. So it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. You, you really did a great job. So my hat's off thank to you. Oh, thank you so much. That I appreciate that very much. This episode of the Midnight Academy is sponsored by you, the audience. As we embark on this first season, we're refining our approach to deliver top-tier content and spark enriching conversations. By subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast, you're helping to foster a community of thinkers, dreamers, and explorers. For those seeking more, consider becoming a paid subscriber. Your financial support helps us deliver better quality content, insightful discussions, and bonus material, turning the Midnight Academy from a budding podcast into a groundbreaking platform and community where we bridge the gap between knowledge and belief. There are still many things that can be done to improve the quality of the show and your experience, so please visit our website to learn more about subscribing 